FTX podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, YZFTX is my platform to educate the South Asian and Muslim communities about Texas and national politics. You can find us on all forms of social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is at YZFTX. You can also find our podcast segments on SoundCloud and iTunes. Also, the handle is at YZFTX. And you can listen to our segments on Radio Azad on Mondays, uh, 9 a.m. on Coffee Mornings with Aisha. Finally, you can check out our website, www.wiseuptx.com. And remember, everyone, let's get educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. All right. I hope you all are enjoying your holiday break and a very Merry Christmas to everyone who is celebrating. Um, I hope you are enjoying this day with family, not really getting worked up about politics, but I decided to give you all a Christmas gift of a new podcast segment, which I am really excited to share with everyone. It is an interview with Imam Omar Suleiman. Um, you may recall that last week I had an interview with Congressman Keith Ellison, and um, the Friday before, I had moderated a panel uh, with Congressman Keith Ellison and Imam Omar Suleiman, and that was on interfaith. Um, the interview today with Imam Omar Suleiman is not necessarily about interfaith, but just how he has worked his um, religious faith in with the current day politics that we're facing today. And I found it to be very insightful and something, um, regardless of your um, religious faith, something that we can all take into account because I think across the board, all religions talk about fighting for injustices, whether it's social or political or anything of that matter. And that is something that Imam Omar Salman um, has made as one of his, I guess, headlining themes, as you may have seen in the Dallas community. He has been one that is really speaking out about political and social injustices, whether it's against the African-American community or the Latino community, and of course, the Muslim community as well. So I hope you all are excited to tune in and listen to this interview. And let's get to it. Thank you, Imam Omar Suleiman, for joining us today. I'm very excited for my listeners to hear what you have to say. Thank you for having me. Um, so you moved here from New Orleans, right? And uh-huh. I'm a native from Dallas, born and raised. And while I currently reside in Austin, I still stay up to date as to what's been happening in the DFW area. And I've seen you take the Dallas media by storm. I mean, I've seen your interviews in D Magazine, um, Dallas Morning News, and an article titled, you know, Dallas, you know, that they're behind you every step uh-huh. of the way. And I think that's just incredible to say the least. And so... My question to you is, you know, why Dallas? What made you move here from New Orleans? What drew you here? You know, every, as, as a man of faith, everything happens for a reason. So God calls you places that you don't expect to be sometimes. So uh, I'm a native of New Orleans. I love New Orleans. I'm not one of those that left right after Katrina. I actually rode out the post-Katrina right. recovery and, and spent a lot of time and resources into um, formulating coalitions that could help rebuild the city of New Orleans. Uh, I'm a southern boy, so I wanted to stay in the south. Uh, I travel quite a bit. So my wife's from Baton Rouge, so we're both Louisianians. And um, we wanted to stay close enough to Louisiana. Right. At the same time, needed access to the airport. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so I could have direct flights everywhere. And, you know, Dallas just had a great community. It had a good feel to it. And, some, you know, we were between Houston and Dallas. So uh, just something about the infrastructure here, something about the opportunities here. 
I just saw myself here and, and, and it just blossomed into something that I could have never imagined it blossoming it into. Uh, truthfully, when I left New Orleans, I thought to myself, how am I possibly going to be as embedded in a city and right. form the coalitions and have the relationships that I, have in, that I had in New Orleans? I thought I could never duplicate that. But I'm happy to say that Dallas has adopted me and I've adopted Dallas and it's become home. It truly has become home to me and my family. Well, that's incredible. And, you know... Um I don't know if you know this, but Dallas and Houston have a lot of rivalries, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I did I'm go aware. to law school in Houston. I enjoyed okay. my time there. But um, when you were saying <laughs> that you were choosing between Dallas and Houston, I am quite proud that you chose Dallas. Right. <laughs> Are you a Cowboys fan? No, I'm a no? Saints fan. Oh, still, okay. Still all right. Saints. We have that difference. Maybe we'll convert you in that, <laughs> possibly. That, that, that'll take some time. <laughs> right. Sounds good. Um, you know, moving on, when the Dallas Morning News had that article stating that they were behind you, it was because, you know, ISIS had stated that they were targeting you. What was it like for you and your family when you found that out? I'd say it was more difficult on the family than it was on me. You know, we've been targeted by lots of groups. And truthfully, I mean, I'm probably more uh, wary of, uh, of white supremacist groups that have put out, you know, threats on me in the past right. than ISIS. I know that ISIS is a big, bad, scary machine, you know, and it, and it generates a, a unique type of fear. Uh, I know exactly, I mean, I knew exactly what I signed up for when I started doing this work, so I recognized that um, the work of, 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 of justice mm -hmm. will generate, will, will incur enemies and enmity, and the work of peace will invoke a certain uh, type of reaction from forces of hate. I recognize that when I started doing this work, and I recognize right. it today, and it just comes with the territory. Uh, I, I truly do believe that God is my protector, mm -hmm. uh, I, and, and I'm, I'm confident in, in his ability and his, uh, and, and his protection. So it's harder on the family. There's certainly right. something about seeing yourself in an ISIS video. I, I really felt guilty because Reverend Andy Stoker, who uh, did, did that video with me, and Imam, a pastor in a dream, ended up in the ISIS video as well, even oh, though they yeah. called for my assassination. Right. But then, you know, the Quran says that with hardship comes ease. Mm -hmm. For me, seeing the outpouring of love and support from everyone, from the mayor to the city council right. to the different media outlets, uh, to me, that was that 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 was that was it. You know, that meant yeah. the world to me. That was so much more empowering than any type of deflation that could come due to seeing myself in an ISIS video. Oh, of course. Just the, you know, f I guess just the support from everyone. It didn't, re regardless of religion right. or culture, just everyone came together and was behind you. Right, absolutely. And I thought, you know, when I saw Dallas Morning News post that, I was like, wow, that's, you know. It was touching. It was touching. It incredibly was. And more so because, you know, growing up in Dallas, being one of the few Muslim Americans in Dallas, um, to kind of see that being shown in the news, too, that, hey, we are behind Muslims. Absolutely. That was really touching, I think, for many people as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So um, my next question is, I think, personally, you've done a fabulous job of intertwining faith with politics. You've been a really outspoken, vocal person and advocate for social justice. I've seen you at Black Lives Matters. Um, <clears throat> after the police cops had passed away, you had um, a great speech as well. Um, recently, I've seen on social media that you've been doing stuff with dreamers, right? Making sure that they're welcome. And <clears throat> what motivated you as a faith leader to also stand up for these other communities? I don't mm. see that happening often. So you've done this. And yeah. what got you there? Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Um, 
if it's not our community being targeted uh, today, it'll be our community tomorrow. And when I say our community, uh, though there's our in the sense of the Muslim community, but there's our in the sense of my people, as in everyone around me is part of my community, is part of, is from my people. You know, from a faith perspective, when the prophets used to say uh, my people, they didn't mean my people, as in the believers. They meant my people, as in everyone, um, everyone around me. They, they're all my people. Um, I don't think we can have that cognitive dissonance and, and be selective in which causes of justice we choose to take up. If you are for justice, then you're for justice for everyone. Um, that's something that was deeply ingrained in me from my childhood. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, faith uh, only further embellished that. My Islam only further embellished um, and enhanced that uh, inclination that I have towards uh justice for all communities and people so i think that we're all in this together right um so all forces of of love need to unite and be um uh and, and overwhelm the forces of hatred that are pitting us against one another and for and dividing our society i couldn't agree more with you um you know especially on a lot of my segments i always you know i do have a segment on black lives matter and why we should care and about the dream act and that's something i really trying to emphasize to my listeners that yes i mean Muslims or South Asians, you know, we can be categorized as one, but we're better working together with other communities, um, formulating allies, and overall, like, speaking out for injustices, as you stated, that an injustice anywhere is harmful. So I'm really glad that, you know, you're, you're really using not just your faith, but really using your voice to, you know, amplify the voices of these people as well, and really appreciate that. Thank you. And so my final question to you is, you know, um, many Muslim Americans don't vote. I think my generation has been a little bit better about it, but I would say my parents' generation, it's been like pulling teeth to get them to register, to get them out to, to the polls. And so for several of them, you know, they're kind of looking at the countries they immigrated from, like Pakistan, India, or, you know, maybe in the Middle East of, oh, well, what's the politics going on there, but not really paying attention here. So my question to you is, you know, now that they've immigrated here, they're part of this country, they're Americans, what does Islam say about politics and civic duty in the country that you reside in? Our politics should always be the politics of alleviating oppression. Okay. And so in order to... Uh, to alleviate suffering, human suffering, and to remove oppression and injustice, you have to um, use whatever is at your disposal. And I think that a lot of times when we think about voting, we think about the presidential elections. And right. the most effective voting is actually in your local politics. All politics is Totally local. agree. So get involved with your city council, get involved with your local county chairs, get involved with your board of education, um, you know, with your mayor. And I'm not saying to exclude the, the other races, um, right. you know, the, the each congressional one is important. races, each one is important, but the most important, <clears throat> the most effective are at a local level. And I think that once you find that you're able to make gains at the local level, uh, that empowers your community to ride that momentum into other races as well. Our religion teaches us to use whatever we can um, to alleviate suffering and to, and to work against oppression and injustice and harm. Just the amount of poverty that's out there and the amount of, right. you know, the, the people that are, that, that to me is what our politics should be. You know, healthcare, poverty, criminal justice, um, education, these are all well embedded values in our faith. So to translate those values from our scripture into the American uh, spectrum, um, 
there has to be a languaging for that and that's something that I hope to provide or be a part of providing. Mm -hmm. And we have to have a clear roadmap and we have to draw inspiration not just from our texts but from other communities that have been able to empower themselves to a place where they could also empower others. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I kind of wanted to just ask you if you wanted to tell my listeners about, um, you had Count the Homeless. We had talked about that on the panel and what that was about in case anybody would like to get interested. Sure. Um, So David Gruber with the the Alliance uh, uh, Combating Homelessness is is running an activity uh, in late January of called Count the Homeless. So they're okay. asking for 1,500 volunteers to actually go out. In the and DFW count, area, right? In the DFW area to actually go out and count the homeless. Uh, they've been invisible for long enough. So we need to, we need to uh, if we're going to solve any problems, we need to face the problems first. Right. So we've got we've to get out there. Well, that seems like an extraordinary feat, but I hope you all are able to attain the volunteers. And we, will, we will do our best. I'm confident yeah. we'll be able to. That's incredible. And again, I just want to thank you so much. And thank you for emphasizing local politics. That's definitely what I kind of hone in on and really try and get that message across. So thank you so much for reiterating that. Thank you you so much. And I hope you get some rest after your great weekend with Congressman (laughs) Keith Ellison. Thank you. All right, folks. And that was our interview with Imam Omar Suleiman. As you all are enjoying this holiday season, I hope you will take some of... um, his words into account about how an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere and um, that we can't be selective of which forms of justice to take up and that our politics should be the politics of alleviating oppression. Um, For many of us, we're enjoying time with our family under, you know, a roof with plenty of food. Many people, not just in America, but around the world are facing many injustices. So I hope you'll take the time to not only say a prayer for them, but to also maybe donate to certain causes um, and to also take this time to think about what you can do in a political atmosphere to take up causes of injustice, whether it's um, the Rohingya cause, what's happening in Yemen, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, the Dreamers, the Latino community that's being very negatively and detrimentally impacted with um, President Trump's new immigration policies. Um, so I hope you all will, you know, take this holiday season to try and help and relieve some oppression that others are facing during this time. Last but not least, please don't forget um, Imam Omar Salman's um, Count the Homeless. It is happening towards the end of January. Um, I have the link posted on my um website to this blog post. I will also post it on the Facebook page as well. So I think this would be a really great um, opportunity to get involved with your community and to really help those that are in need. So I hope you all found his interview to be enlightening, to be inspiring, um, and motivating for you to get involved in politics. Um, as you can see, Imam Omar Suleiman, um, while being a religious leader, has not backed down for being a um, outspoken vocal voice for those that are facing injustice here in America. So I, I hope you will find that as motivation um, to be outspoken about injustices that are happening locally here in our community. And so I'm going to leave on that note. You know, I hope you all have a happy new year. 2018 is right here and we have an election coming up in November. Primaries are in March. Um, These elections are going to be very, very, very important for those of us residing in Texas. We're going to be voting on our governor, a U.S. senator, lieutenant governor, your 
uh, Texas House representatives, some Texas senators, and your U.S. congressional representatives as well. So there's going to be a lot on the ballot along with the Texas Supreme Court justices. So it's time for you to start wising up. It's only literally 11 months away, and we really need to start getting motivated, start getting involved, and get ready to have our voices heard in the 2018 election. So I hope you all enjoyed this segment. I hope you all are enjoying your very Merry Christmas and holiday season and have a Happy New Year. And I will see you all in 2018. Until next time.